4: This is the John Fuglesang podcast.
1: I'm John Fuglesang. This is Progress After Dark. For the next three hours, we're going to put this day to bed, distilling the previous 20-odd hours down to the three hours that matter most, the content you need. And if you are listening live, we invite you to join the conversation like Cable news, except we want to hear your voice on it. 866-997-GRIT. Hello to all of our day walkers, the people who are not listening live, that are listening to the John Fugelsang podcast or the uh, Sirius XM On Demand. Or, I'm talking like my dad. Or they listen to the Sirius XM On Demand, and then they they also they listen to the, uh, the Sirius XM app, and then they watch the Star Wars and watch the Seinfeld. Sorry, that's an old Brooklyn thing I can't shake. We're glad you guys are listening. Thank you, Sirius XM, for your wonderful merger with Pandora making this beautiful boutique little company the world's largest streaming audio corporation and uh, again we invite you guys who are not listening live to call up anytime if you're around your phones in the evening or to write to us at the uh or our show's facebook page we love to get your comments and your reviews and your jokes and your offhanded threats whatever, whatever you got just just bleed all over you you've heard the people who call into this show you don't have to have a filter here good god I'm not convinced some of our regular callers haven't spent time in, uh, in in announced patient basis for a psychiatric treatment along with Mayor Adams who we'll get to in just a moment, 866-997-4748. Now, we got a great one tonight. I say that all the time, and I, I usually don't mean it. It's just hype tonight. it's it's. It, I got to be honest. I think I'm being honest. Bob Seska will be here to talk about the new Dominion revelations from Uncle Rupert's icky testimony. They were all lying. They knew they were all lying. And my only response to this entire story is after pushing why we had to go to war in Iraq, after pushing Barack Obama wasn't really born here, after pushing death panels in Obamacare, after all that, we're shocked that Fox News knows they're telling lies? Jesus. Also, the push-to-ban IVF treatments and uh, the Department of Energy's COVID report. The wonderful Keith Price will be joining us later on in the show. Uh, Keith was, of course, the first openly gay black radio host at Sirius XM, and he is my hump day bay. And I'm really excited tonight to welcome to the program Executive Director of Women's March for more than a decade, Rachel O'Leary Carmona. Now, you might have already heard about what's going on down there in the beautiful state of Texas, but there is this extremist anti-women's reproductive freedoms group, ADF, and uh, they identified different friendly Trump-appointed judges and they filed suit, they decided, in Amarillo, Texas because they thought they'd have the best chance of having a judge that will help them in their case. And what they're filing suit is is saying that the, the Food and Drug Administration lacks the authority and never had the legal right to approve the most popular abortion medication in the country, mifepristone, which I hope I'm saying it right. I read it all the time. This is the drug that's used in medicated abortions. These people don't like surgical abortions. Well, they don't like any kind of this. And it's my favorite topic to talk about because um, I like bringing the Bible into it and what the Bible says versus what the Bible doesn't say. Let's not forget the loudest, loudest Christians generally tend to be the one who don't give what the Bible calls a rat's ass about what Christ actually taught. You don't need to be a believer in any of this to glam onto it. Atheists generally know the Bible a lot better than some of the evangelicals in my life. So they've been going after abortion medication. And I don't need to tell you what a slippery slope this is. They're going to try to get it banned in many different states. And that, my friends, will be the stepping stones to giving the state the authority to go through women's mail. To make sure they're not receiving this drug. Because the new battlefield in abortion rights post-roe v. Wade will be women getting medication in the US mail and people who don't want that to happen. We're very thrilled that Ms. Carmona is going to be joining us later on in the show. And of course Hopefully you're joining us as well. 866-997-4748. That's the number over here at the Night Spot. And we do love to hear from you. We are bringing good trouble to the right wing bubble. Uh, Thea Harper is our extraordinary and talented associate producer. Chris Househeltz, the executive producer. Chris, I hope you had a great birthday yesterday. Hope you got a lot of love. I'm very sorry that you had to spend it with me. But we had a great show and I, I give you all the credit for it. And, uh... Thank you. I knew Chris had to be a Pisces. Thank
4: you, John. We had a great dinner here down at the YWCA, and uh, and all the gals uh, really gave me a great party. So thank you. That's fantastic. You
1: had the whole pancake dinner they promised you, right? With the ice cream on top? I think that's beautiful. It's true. Yes, yes. Cobwebs. Yeah. I, I didn't think it was necessary for you to actually um, trick the make-a-wish people into giving you that party. Chris, you probably could have just booked it on your own uh, and paid for it. You're, I would have paid for it myself. I, I don't know why you had to... <sighs> why you had to punk the make a wish people
4: uh I had a gr- it was a group on, so what i'm gonna do i'm already you know there you go
1: okay I, I don't think it was necessary at the end to go psych uh at the make a wish people and, and jump around the room and reveal that you were totally healthy but you know what it's your birthday that's what they said you're allowed to do whatever you want um I, i'm around all these pisces I, I live with two of them good god no wonder i'm feeling i'm not in touch with my emotions enough all right uh let's get to it it's a lot today it's a lot to take in folks look if you listen to serious xm progress you're probably someone who knows the depths of the malfeasance the dishonesty and the rank fuckery of the political clot that used to be the Republican Party. I know. And, and, and if you, unless of course you're a Republican who listens to this because you try to get so morally and intellectually outraged, your heart rate goes up. I understand. Hate for some people counts as cardio. And we could talk about how A bunch of do-nothing senators tried to attack the U.S. Attorney General today just so they could get a little clip on Fox News. We could talk about Marjorie Taylor Greene's latest crass exploitation of the suffering and death of Americans to lie. Instead, I want to talk about a couple of Democrats tonight. Uh, Two in particular, one from uh, New England, who you all know, and one from New York, who you're all getting to know. Because I think it's, it's worth mentioning. Um, the the more awful the Republican Party gets, the more they descend into being this hate-driven Nazi clot, and I say that with love, and I don't mean Republican people, I mean the ones who populate the Republican Congress and, of course, the political offices and uh, right-wing media, but I want to talk about the Democratic spectrum, and on the right, let's talk about our mayor here in New York City. Eric Boom Boom Adams. Now, Eric Adams, if you don't know much about him yet, hang in there. You'll be hearing a lot about him. You'll probably hear mostly about him from your fellow liberals who will talk about his history of overhyping crime, of playing up right wing narratives to scare New Yorkers into feeling unsafe. He was a Republican. Most of his life, he ran the broken windows policing campaign for Giuliani. He really only joined the Democrats to, to, to run for mayor like Mike Bloomberg. You know, two months after Amadou Diallo was murdered or in New York, the New York Times did a profile piece on this young cop, Eric Adams. And back then, he described himself as a conservative Republican who owns a co-op and a stock portfolio. And his stock portfolio has done very well. Again, he's considered to be one of the more right wing Democrats. I'm going to make the argument there's a place for that. See, you know, let's just get the specifics out of the way. Um, Four huge hedge fund managers contributed half a million dollars apiece to a PAC supporting him for mayor when he was Brooklyn Borough President. Two million dollars from four big hedge fund managers. That's Andrew Yang money. That's right wing money. That's not the kind of money they pay someone to bring about reform. And he's consistently come down on the side of your angry right-wing dad or uncle. He he hates remote work. He said, you can't stay home in your pajamas all day. We're social creatures. He's colorful. He's interesting. I, I find him likable as a viewer of humans. He's very fascinating. But this crime panic, this right wing crimes panic that he has pushed while not really talking much about climate change or the cost of living, not talking to my liking enough about housing or health care or basic safety for working class people. Eric Adams is a New York mayor who flies down to do a photo op at the Texas border wall. He's very critical of Biden when it comes to migrants. He said it's a real embarrassment on a national level. The president has an obligation to deal with the immediate concerns. We've done our job. There's no more room in the inn. Biden's deporting as many people as Barack Obama did. No party takes this issue seriously. Um, But but here's the deal. There's this week. And this week, Eric Adams may have topped himself. You know, his closest advisor, Ingrid Lewis Martin, was at the New York Public Library yesterday. And she talked about how often we're told you have to separate church from state. But his closest advisor said, we have an administration that doesn't believe in separating church from state. The mayor is definitely one of the chosen and then it got weirder this was an interfaith breakfast and eric adams came on stage and seems to regret the u.s supreme court ruling that banned school sponsored prayer in 1962 you may have heard about this he, he began lamenting saying when we took prayers out of schools guns came into schools and the religious leaders gathered liked it a lot now <laughs> It, it it gets worse. He was talking about good stuff. Good stuff. He said the role that people who attend synagogues and churches and seek temples and mosques should play in reducing problems in society from domestic violence to homelessness. And that's that's true. That's true. Like it. Yes. Spiritual people of all faiths and, and cool atheists should come together and work together despite their theological differences to help communities. I, I like it. It's great. And then he says, don't tell me about no separation of church and state. State is the body. Church is the heart. You take the heart out of the body, the body dies. Um, <laughs> here's a clip of Mayor Eric Adams speaking yesterday at the New York Public Library.
5: Well, tell me about no separation of church and state. State is the body, church is the heart. You take the heart out of the body, the body dies. I can't separate my belief because I'm an elected official.
1: I mean, it's a great gospel sermon. I, I like when he goes that way. It's cool. Um, but we do have a separation of church and state. A little later in his remarks, Mayor Adams pulled out a prop, uh, a yellow kitchen sponge, and he told the audience that they need to embrace their faith and squeeze out negativity, wring out their despair. He said, you, you will never be who you want to be. If you carry around a saturated sponge of despair, you got to wring it out. Now... <laughs> I get politics. I get who he was speaking to. I get that he had to go all in on the sermonizing. I get it. But the New York Civil Liberties Union blasted these speeches. Um, NYCLU's Donna Lieberman put out a statement saying, We are a nation and a city of many faiths and no faith. In order for our government to truly represent us, it must not favor any belief over another, including non-belief. Now, Mayor Adams was raised in the Church of God of, in Christ, and, and now they say, he says he mostly goes to non-denominational services. He collects a lot of Buddhist statues, and he says he believes a special energy comes from New York since it sits on a store of rare gems and stones." Okay, uh, see, there you go, something a little to the left, something a little to the right, something for everybody. But we we can't gloss over the fact that the mayor of our biggest city, blase is that a word? Just casually dismissed one of our most important founding principles, saying that he can't separate his Christian beliefs from his public duties. Now, he can. Every person of faith has to do it to some degree, but sometimes they'll play it up for political reasons. But Eric Adams, I remember seeing this on TV. He put his hand on a Bible and he swore to uphold the U.S. Constitution, not to uphold what was in the book. His hands were on. He swore to uphold New York state laws when he took his oath of office. uh, What? Just January of last year. The founders, quite famously, it got a lot of ink. They they rejected any idea of any religion in government. Thomas Jefferson coined the phrase, a wall of separation between church and state, in a letter he wrote in 1802 that, while not an official document, has become very influential in interpreting the First Amendment, because uh, that's what he thought. Last week, Mayor Adams compared himself to Jesus's disciples while he was defending his decision to clear out the city's homeless encampments. Um, Mayor Adams' idea to help the homeless has generally been uh, just clear them out and get them off the subways and make them uh, go away. Maybe shelters, maybe not. Just clear them out. And then they're on their own. I mean, there are programs in the city, but a lot of homeless people have a lot of issues with the shelters. He was speaking in City Hall Park, again, in front of dozens of faith leaders. He seems to be doing this every week now. And he was saying that the men who wrote the Bible would be helping him in his plan to tear down clusters of cheap tents that poor people are living in. He said, we're on the wrong road as a city. We've tolerated homelessness. walked past our brothers and sisters who are living in tents on the street, and we've normalized it. I'm like, okay, yeah, that that's fair. It's true. That's what liberals think. Then he says, I can't help but to believe that if Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John was here today, he would be on the streets with me, helping people get out of encampments. Those disciples of yesteryears are with the disciples of today and saying it's not about just talking about it. It's about being about it. Grammatically Interesting choice of words aside, uh, he's talking about the disciples, but he was actually talking about the four gospel writers. Luke was not one of the apostles. Luke was not one of the disciples. I assume he knows that. I'm sure he knows the Bible very well. But see, the point I'm trying to make here is that New York City, this bastion of liberalism, is also, you could argue, a bit of a right-wing theocracy. Look at our mayor. Manhattan didn't pick him. The other four boroughs did. But he's useful to the party. He's very useful to the Democratic Party for a couple of crucial reasons. And one of them is Eric Adams, for all of his right wing pontificating, destroys the Republican narrative that the Democratic Party is soft on crime, that the Democrats Party supports defund the police. You know, you're not tough on crime. Oh, really? Here's Eric Adams. Believe me. Believe me, as angry as Eric Adams makes liberals, Joe Biden will deploy. Eric Adams will speak at the Democratic Convention in 2024. He shuts up right wingers because he himself is a right winger in the Democratic Party. Now, meanwhile, let's talk about the other end of the Democratic Party spectrum. Uh, Bernie Sanders, liberal Democratic Socialist. I'm not going to start telling you all the things they have in common because they don't have a lot. But Bernie Sanders has been focusing on things to actually improve the lives of Americans, especially struggling Americans. For a lot longer than Eric Adams. Back in 2016, Eli Lilly's stock price went down because Bernie Sanders was tweeting about the outrageous price of their insulin, which had increased 700% over 20 years. And if you follow Sanders Sanders at all, whether you like him or you don't like him, you know he's always been very harsh on the greed of corporations and, in particular, Big Pharma. He, he tweeted a couple days ago. Over 1.1 1. 1 million Americans died from COVID, but 10 pharmaceutical CEOs are in line to receive 1.6 billion in golden parachutes. 926 million for Moderna's CEO, 130 million for Regeneron CEO, 113 million for Pfizer's CEO, and 91 million for Eli Lilly's CEO. 91, 91 million for one guy running a pharmaceutical corporation. But why not? Eli Lilly made over seven billion dollars in profits last year. And that's why Bernie's been after them to lower the price of insulin. Uh, By the way, a lot of Democrats have. I'm singling out Bernie Sanders because he's been the most famous and the most public and the loudest. and, And for a good reason. Well, today, after all this pressure and after Bernie Sanders threatening to haul their CEOs in front of his committee, pharmaceutical giant Eli Lilly has announced they are going to slash the prices of their most commonly prescribed insulins by 70%, along with capping patients' out-of-pocket costs for insulin at 35 bucks a month. Now, we've been waiting for this to happen for a long time, and this is right after Biden's State of the Union address where he said insulin costs need to be brought under control. To me, that's good government that's not big government excessive regulation that's big government going after corporate greed to help struggling americans the way teddy roosevelt did the way franklin roosevelt did and eli lilly and other insulin makers have been under pressure from a lot of democrats and activists for a long time to just lower the cost of this life-saving treatment and then the inflation reduction act comes around and you'll recall the inflation reduction act which you know i also call limp back later Well, it capped costs at 35 bucks a month for seniors on Medicare. It doesn't apply to people with private insurance, doesn't apply to the uninsured, but at least seniors have it capped at 35 a month. Government did that. It should have gone further. Eli Lilly's cap applies to people with private insurance, and uninsured people are eligible if they sign up for their co-pay assistance program. Here's Bernie Sanders talking with reporters about Big Pharma greed on the very day when Eli Lilly succumbed to pressure and lowered the price of insulin to a price that Americans who need insulin can actually afford.
6: The American people are sick and tired of being treated like chumps and paying by far the highest prices in the world for prescription drugs. I recall a couple of years ago, I went from Detroit, Michigan, with a busload of people, yep. Debbie, yep. to yep. Windsor, Ontario. It's about an hour trip, I think.
2: Yeah.
6: And uh, the people there who are diabetics were able to purchase insulin products for one-tenth the price that they were paying uh, in Michigan or the United States of America. Uh, the American people are saying at a time when pharmaceutical, in, uh, pharmaceutical profits are soaring, we're not going to continue to pay the highest prices in the world. So what Ron said is right. Now is the time for the American people to come together. I look forward to working with Ron and Chuck and others to tell the entire pharmaceutical industry, stop ripping off the American people. Insulin is a good start. We now have Eli Lilly lowering prices. The other two producers of insulin are got to lower their prices. We need legislation to make sure that that is enforced by law, but it is not just insulin. We're going to take on the industry and stop their outrageous greed.
1: Now, To me, this is what Democrats should be fighting for all the time. This is a good look for this party. Democrats should be fighting causes like this always, and they should be doing it loudly. And every Republican, you know, should know that Democrats are fighting for lower drug prices. Fox News will not cover this story. They will not let anyone know. And yet this will save the very lives of people who have been groomed to hate the Democratic Party. But Eli Lilly, one of the big three, they said their non-branded insulin is going to drop from $82.41 to $25 per vial. That'll be the lowest-priced insulin available. But what about the other companies? Um, These moves promise a lot of relief to people who have diabetes who can face costs annually of more than a thousand bucks for insulin, they need to stay alive. Bernie tweeted that today he sent a letter demanding Sanofi and Novo Nordisk do the same. Now is the time to end the greed of the pharmaceutical industry and substantially lower the outrageous cost of prescription drugs. Now, obviously, lowering the cost of insulin is great, but it would be a lot better. It'd be a lot more helpful. It'll be a lot better for capitalism and our nation's strength if it were part of an overall effort to completely redo our healthcare system right? Not every diabetic needs to take insulin. But why not make all the drugs cheaper? Why not make healthcare in general cheaper? Why not have the same access to care all of our capitalist allies have? But that's another day and another rant. Look, so I played Bernie Sanders. But again, Bernie doesn't get all the credit for this. Joe Biden and all the activists and the progressive House members and most importantly, that one guy who made the fake Eli Lilly Twitter account last year and said insulin is free now. That guy really helped make it happen. But I'm highlighting Bernie because he's sort of the, the poster boy or poster child, poster geezer for, for this movement and <sighs> capping the price of insulin, making a life-saving drug more accessible to Americans. It's about what he represents as a Democrat, or at least as an independent who caucuses with the Democrats. Bernie Sanders and other Dems improved a lot of lives by threatening to make Eli Lilly testify if they didn't lower these obscene prices. And it's great for people trying to survive. Thank you, Senator Sanders, for using your platform, your bully pulpit, to pressure them. But there you have it. I I talked about two Democrats because that's the spectrum. The modern Democratic Party is big enough for a Bernie Sanders at one end and an Eric Adams at the other end. The party is broad enough, ideologically, from right-wing theocracy, from pro-police, right-wing talking points... To progressive democratic socialism that's a broad range of ideology and it's why with the democrats we don't really need republicans do we
2: ah. the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center thanks to Carvana. it doesn't get any better than this Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes.
5: There really is no place
2: like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Delve into the shadows of the mind with
3: Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe.
1: Welcome back. This is Sirius XM. I'm John Fuglesing. And a quick reminder, if you've enjoyed our recent conversations with uh, Congresswoman Ilhan Omar or with uh, writer-director Ryan Johnson, two-time Oscar winner Christoph Waltz or Natasha Lyonne, all of our interviews you can hear on SiriusXM On Demand or on the Sirius XM app. All the politicians, all the journalists, all the activists, all the rock stars, rappers and movie stars, they're all waiting for you in the Sirius XM universe. Okay, March is Women's History Month, but the challenges that women face in this country to control their own reproductive lives is ongoing 12 months of the year. And it's hard to keep track of how they're going after women's freedoms, be it abortion rights or birth control or access to medication like Mifepristone, the drug used in medicated abortions, a drug that has been legal in this country for decades, that's used safely for more than half the abortions conducted in the United States. Oh, you didn't know that more than half the abortions in the U.S. weren't surgical? Well, they are. And several months ago, the extreme anti-choice group, ADF, was going through Trump-appointed judges in the state of Texas, and they filed suit in Amarillo, because that's where they thought they could get their case heard, claiming the Fda well it's it's a claim about abortion medication that is too bizarre for me to explain simply let me bring in an expert on the matter Rachel O'Leary Carmona has been executive director of women's March for more than a decade she has inspired and equipped and mobilized people to shape the actions and policies affecting their communities she previously worked with Amnesty International USA women for women international and Girl Scouts of the USA as well as glad she spent nearly three years serving as the chief operating officer for women's March before accepting the executive director role it is a great place pleasure to welcome Rachel Carmona to Sirius XM. Hello. Hi. Hi, thank you for joining us. So I, I want to I hope <laughs> I set this up okay. What's actually going on in Amarillo because the entire thing seems so astroturfed and dastardly against women. <laughs> and, and it just seems to be a slippery slope towards letting bureaucrats go through people's private mail. Uh, how, how, how did this begin? And, and what is their argument?
3: Well, I mean, I think that you need to, you know, go even further back and understand that, you know, the fight... Um, against abortion rights for the right has been red meat that they have thrown their base for the last 50 years. And, um, you know, it's not that they think that the base is particularly behind this. They're not. Um, It's that a small group, you know, whose agenda increasingly year by year wins less and less um, on its merit. And so they have to move this agenda forward. And this is an agenda that serves to keep a very small group um, of mostly millionaire and billionaire, mostly you know, a uh, wealthy white men in preach. in charge. Can you hear me?
1: I sure can. I'm saying preach, preach. I love everything you're oh. oh,
3: I thought you were saying, I thought you were saying, I thought you were saying my name. I was
1: like, yes. Oh, no, I'm emphatic. So, I'd, I'd be doing the Arsenio thing if it wasn't radio. Yeah, please yes, go on.
3: Yes. So, I mean, I think that, you know, what we have here is that, You know, it it just can't win fairly. And so they're going to win unfairly. And so even even when they gutted, you know, Dobbs, their whole point was bring it back to the states and then they brought it to the states and they got, you know, their clocks clean state after state after state. And so they're like, hmm, maybe that's not such a great idea. Let's take it to a compromised court. And now that's the only way that they can get this agenda through. And where does it stop? Does it stop with Mifepristone? Does it stop with Plan B? Does it stop with PrEP? Does it stop with any of the other drugs that they don't like? And so I think that, you know, I have very strong opinions on abortion. I have very strong opinions about bodily autonomy. Um, But I'm a person I'm from Wisconsin. I live in Texas. You know, I live in Amarillo. Um, And at the end of the day, um, I think that the Republican Party has seeded um, and, and, you know, really given up any uh, claim that it has to be you know, aligned with American values and of the Constitution, because this is a pure attack on democracy and it's a pure attack on constitutionally protected rights that is being waged on women's bodies right now. But it will not stop there if we do not stop them.
1: Well, let's be fair. On a spiritual level, they're not aligned with any of the New Testament either, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, but you're you're so right. I've said for such a long time, you know, abortion rights are popular in this country. Over 77% of Americans support abortion rights in all or some cases. And so we always knew to some degree, they'd be the dog that finally caught the truck. And now they they, they caught the truck. And what that means is, They can't use Roe v. Wade for donations or to get votes anymore. So they've got to go against midterms. Yeah, yeah. And they lost, they lost, they lost Kansas for God. Kansas. Yeah. Abortion rights are safe. Can't, that's how much these guys fucked up. And so now yes. they're going to try to continue the effort to pretend they're Christian by doing shit Jesus never mentions and going after women's reproductive freedoms. I would go way beyond your list all the way to birth control because some of them, including <laughs> certain Supreme Court mediocrities, have that in their sights. So oh, I'm, I'm 100% but but for me mm-hmm. the slippery slope beyond the drugs that they're going to try to go after how does this not eventually lead to bureaucrats giving themselves the right to go through women's mail since increasingly women will be relying on getting these medications through the US mail i mean there's so many levels to how scary
3: this is i mean they already have access um, you know data apps that are tracking um, you know menstrual cycles and in the state of Florida they're having female athletes um, you know put that information in and you know so this slippery slope is exactly what we're talking about it, it it is it is impossible for us to understand what is happening to women and you know you'd mentioned at the beginning of this saying that like you know women are fighting for reproductive rights you know 24-7 we're fighting for all of our rights it's not just about yeah. you know reproductive issues it's about you know getting Paid paid leave. It's about getting equal pay. It's about you know getting access to healthcare. There there are so many things that we're fighting for all the time that are intertwined, and that's the point here is that when it's harder for women to get childcare, when it's harder for women to have well-paying jobs, when it's harder for women to um, you know make the choice between you know having to stay home and watch a family or to take care of an old you know an elder um, or voting that this is exactly, you know, the goal. This is not a, a coincidence. It's not a, you know, externality to a larger strategy. This is the goal. The goal is to keep women. The goal is to keep trans people, poor people, people of color. All of those have significant overlaps. And the other thing that has a significant overlap is the folks who planned and executed the insurrection on January 6th and the groups that are funding you know, through dark money and through, you know, politics, these attacks on women. So we've got one group over here that is being attacked, all of whom have significant overlap. The the Correct. attacks on trans community and women are very intimately linked. They cannot be decoupled. Over here you've got insurrectionists Whose funders and whose ideological leaders are also the same people who are leading the attacks on women and trans people and who have been the same folks for all this time. So we have to understand this as a broad attack on the American, you know, on America, on democracy itself. Yeah. And if we don't stand together, With all of the people that we may not 100% agree with, but, you know, have a vested interest, we're not people, you know, no matter what you think about abortion, or what you think about people's privacy, what you think about trans people, I guarantee you that all of us are closer to being homeless than we are to being, you know, a billionaire or a millionaire, however much he's worth. who gets up and tweets from a golden toilet every morning. Like, (laughs) we have way more you know, to, to in common with each other then we have different. And the Indeed. only thing, the Indeed. one thing that the GOP has been successful at, because it's not governance, it's not taking care of the American people. The one thing that they've been successful at is, is convincing us that, you know, that when we, our communities win and other communities lose, we actually Absolutely. can build an America that works for all of us. And the only way that we do this and beat back these authoritarian, you know, attempts um, to to kill democracy is to build the biggest we possible, to build the kind of people power that's unavoidable and to take back our country from these people who have stolen it.
1: I, I wish I had the applause button here to press and, and give you <laughs> a ovation in the stadium, because you're right. The GOP is, to me, they're good at two things. They're good at redistribution of wealth to the upper 1%, and they're good at convincing yes. hardworking conservative white people that somehow this helps them. And and that's it. Mm-hmm. and, and I want to bring it back to Texas, though, if we could, because I'm fascinated mm-hmm. by by this suit in Amarillo. First off, um, who are the AD, who are the ADF? What, what who, who are these people, and what 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 is their deal? Who who funds them? And, and I, I get that they really want to take away women's rights, but but <laughs> what's the deal with this lawsuit?
3: It's like a a group of of shady, you know, extremists and activists. And about six months ago, um, they incorporated in Amarillo. Um, This is all just venue shopping. So they incorporated an organization in Amarillo in order to have legal standing to file a suit there. And then they filed their sham suit. And their suit is so without merit that it's not even worth, like, to your point, it's like, it's so complicated and weird and, you know, held up by, like, kind of like, you know, scotch tape and duct tape and hamster wheels and chopsticks and a paperclip, you know, but ultimately what they're saying is that a Yes, okay. it's like a, this drug has been approved for 20 years. It's safer than Tylenol. It's safer than penicillin. Fewer people have reactions to it than either one of those drugs. And now they're saying, well, you know, it's a, it, it, you know maybe it didn't it happen right. It maybe happened too fast. And oh, also, maybe there's a Comstock law situation. I don't know. Just, you know, they're throwing whatever they can at the wall Because the honest to God truth is it doesn't matter what they say doesn't in matter. the lawsuit. The judge He's, is compromised. He's a Trump yeah. appointee. His whole mm-hmm. life. The, the Washington Post just had a, a, a um, you know, a bio on him, um, a profile, and his whole life has been defined by anti-abortion activism from, the, from before he was even a, a, a law student. So this is a guy who was put on the bench to do a job, and they incorporated a sham organization to put a sham lawsuit forward so that an activist— who should be on the streets with us carrying a sign. You know, he should be on the opposition group across the street with us saying, like, you know, feminists go home, no more feminazis You know, that like that's where this guy belongs, not on the bench. And so he's there. He is um not, you know, following the law. He's a he is not a textualist, he is an activist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is going to go there and he is going to decide this, you know, this case based on his personal religious doctrine.
2: Yeah, and that is yeah.
3: exactly what this country was founded against. <laughs> and so, again, and by like the way, the, his religion—his
1: religion never bans abortion. That's my big issue yeah. as a as <laughs> a amateur theologian. The Bible is not against Jesus was against the death penalty, but they're not actually fans of what Jesus talked about. Yeah, uh, they're it's like mm, that's on, not
5: that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's all complete spiritual bullshit. And religion is as much a crutch mm-hmm. as this lawsuit. But are, are they really claiming mm-hmm. the, these ADF people that that the FDA? lacked the authority to approve the drug that's is that literally the argument they're making because that's what i heard that they're they're trying to say this drug that's been legal for years we just realized the fda never had a right to make it legal
3: i mean i'm not my background is not in law it's in public policy so what i can say is that i've read through it and my understanding is that they're saying Oh, and it, they may not have had standing. Oh, and it may be dangerous. Oh, and maybe the testing wasn't right. And oh, and maybe, and maybe, and maybe. And you know, the reality is, is that at some point I was like, this is hot garbage. And I stopped reading it because I was getting dumber for doing so. Like I, I it's just, it's a, it is a case that is preposterous on its face. And if it were in front of a court with any sort of integrity whatsoever, it would have been thrown out. So you know, we've got a compromise judge. But of course, that that was the case with Dobbs as well. You know, so we've got a judiciary that's compromised all the way, and especially in Texas, because it's going to go from a compromised Northern, you know, district to a compromised Fifth Circuit to a compromised Supreme Court. And so, you know... Mm -hmm what is the, what is the remedy? You know, judges are not meant to be, you know, petitionable or to be swayable. And so what we have to do is turn out on the streets um, and make sure we have a robust protest movement, a robust mobilization strategy, a robust organizing strategy that turns into a robust turnout at the polls. Yes. And we have to win with such a majority that gives our allies the political mobilization and the political will to reform the courts from soup to nuts, because as long as we've got folks in there who are compromised uh, on the Supreme Court, we've got a, an insurrectionist married to one of the Supreme Court jurists. We've got Alito, who was probably responsible for the Dobbs leak and was connected yes. to another. I mean, we've got it, it's it's a corrupt system that does not work for the people and it must have um, minimum standards in order to move forward with any kind of integrity. No country and no democracy is worth anything more than the value of the justice that it provides. So until we can do that, um, you know, we're, we're we're gonna be in a building mode. And what I do know for sure is that, you know, all in 2021 and most of 2022, <laughs> people were saying, well, we're gonna get our asses handed to us in November. And I'm like, well, I'm right. not so sure. And They you know, they were like, No, we're gonna lose. It's gonna be a bloodbath. You you know, look at any article, bloodbath, a new bloodbath. Dobbs happened too soon, the voters won't remember. And I was like, We'll we'll see. I didn't believe it, you know. And I still don't believe it. I think that 2024, I think we do have the ability to to build the biggest we possible because I think there are a lot of people who are quiet who might not be on the streets with us, you know, waving a sign and and, you know, yelling or getting arrested or lobbying. But we know that this is deeply, deeply divisive, that the Republican base is not with the Republicans on this. And they I mean, overplayed some of them are. Hand. But yeah.
1: some of them are. But a lot of them. Yeah. Are. You're, you're right. Let, let me. A lot of you. them. I
3: mean, a super let's put it another way. A super majority of Americans does do not believe that abortion rights should be stripped from us.
2: Oh, yeah. Over 70 oh, yeah. percent.
3: And they strung these these people along for
1: years they strung these people along for years and then they finally had to do it and let me quote you you you've you said the fight for reproductive rights now lies in the states and legal challenges like these are Mm -hmm. just the latest example of how our fight is bigger than roe a court case in texas Mm -hmm. could easily turn into a nationwide ban on the most commonly prescribed medication abortion in the coming weeks through underhanded judicial tactics so it seems like we should all really be expecting for the next couple of years that the fight for abortion rights Is going to be focused on the states, right? What we're seeing in Amarillo right now is also a a coming attractions for what we'll be seeing in other states in the years to come. It's not going to be on the national level. We're going to see it fought out in places like Kansas, in places like Texas.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah, we're going to see ballot initiatives, and and you know, here's why Texas is very interesting: is that the Republicans are trying to block a a ballot initiative from going in front of the people. You know, the, the the Texas ledge won't let. Um, a ballot initiative move forward to the people because they know they lose. So yeah. you're going to see Republicans trying to stop ballot initiatives because they do not actually believe that sending the you know the decision to the states is what is in their their own personal interest. So although that was the logic behind you know gutting roll, they're also not going to let those votes come to happen. So the fight yeah. will be to get ballot initiatives on the you know on the on the ballot um, to make sure that we're you know pushing for that as much as possible to fight back against what will become the criminalization of people seeking abortions. Right now, there, right now, Texas vigilante laws, you know, are focused on the people who are helping the people who are getting abortions. It's not going to be very long before people seeking abortions will be criminalized themselves. We're going to yep. need to have a strong protest movement around that. We're going to have, need to have a strong mobilization, mobilizing and organizing strategy to get people to the ballot box to make sure that we staunch the bleeding. And then we're going to need to build the kind of people power that makes these types of anti-democratic shenanigans, you know, untenable, yeah. politically untenable, um, so that the political, the electoral, you know, all of the consequences that, that they have to pay just, be, just aggregate to be too much and, the, you know, the, the tactic becomes unsustainable.
6: Got I mean nuts. we're really
3: fighting for the heart and soul of our country right now and you know people think that this is a political issue or it's something that we have you know political disagreement about but i mean if you're an american you're not untouched by any of the things that happen because whether or not you know you know somebody who has had an abortion or you think you do you know do you breathe air do you drink water you know yeah. do you take medicine and drugs are you in texas and do you need the heat to work sometimes when a when a you know when a cold front comes through or do you need the electricity on because you know, you live in a place that gets hot. You know, are you in a country that has fires or whatever? We the, every aspect of this is connected because this is a part of the attack on our federal government, on our democracy itself, our our concept that this country is buying for the people. And so whatever your opinion is on the rest of it, you know what I mean? I yeah. hope that you're not undecided about that.
1: Well, then let me ask you in, in closing uh, and thank you for staying up late with us. Obviously, I want everyone to check out mm-hmm. the bigger than row hashtag bigger than Roe. You were in Amarillo mm-hmm. you were earlier this year doing the big uh, the big mobilization in Madison uh, about the upcoming mm-hmm. Supreme court election. You're on the ground doing all this. How can our listeners get involved? Mm-hmm. How can our listeners help in this cause and with what Women's March is doing on the grassroots level?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, Bigger Than Row is a great place to get involved, to get plugged in around this particular body of work. And Women'sMarch.com has our broader body of work that is inclusive of um, reproductive rights, um, but not exclusive to. And yeah, it's, it's, it, it happened to be easy for me just by happenstance, the, um, Supreme court race in Wisconsin was really, you know, one of the races to watch, um, Wisconsin is my home state. And I just happened to live in Amarillo, um, which was okay. one of the strangest, you know, coincidences. So like, you know, you don't have to happen to just be somewhere where the stakes are high and we don't suggest that you actually go there. We suggest that you stay home and make the fight that there is to make there. You can find those fights on bigger than or womensmarch.com. And if it's not women march get in where you fit in find another political home and get active because in 10 years what you don't want to say is when everything was on the line for this country i was on the couch watching it play out on tv you want to say i was in the streets and i did everything i could
1: i was there in dc in 2017 at the women's march and (laughs) rachel carmona is the executive director of women's march thank you so much for joining us this evening please come back anytime
3: thank you for
2: having
1: me we'll be right back with your calls this is sirius xm progress I'm John Fiegel, saying this is SiriusXM Progress. We're at 866-997-4748, 866-997-GRIT. Some of y'all been on hold for a very long time. Let's start fixing that. Rob in West Virginia, thank you so much for your patience. Welcome.
7: Yeah, I tuned in when you were talking about the COVID situation, and now there's evidence of at least two federal agencies pointing the finger at the Wuhan lab uh, theory. Mm-hmm. And I got a really good memory. And I remember two years ago when people were bringing this up on social media, you got banned. You got ostracized by media.
1: Who, who got banned? Cuomo
7: was the gold. You've got a good you've got a good memory. Do you remember yeah. how CNN treated people that that brought up that? People that were in the medical profession that, that questioned did it come from a lab that they got ostracized?
1: No, I heard. I heard people who said that the that a lab in China that the Chinese deliberately leaked it. I heard they got ostracized because that hasn't been no, suggested anywhere by any of this evidence.
7: That they were, there were people that said there were people working on whatever this disease was. I'm not a right. I'm not a medical person, so if my terminology is incorrect, no I, worries. Uh,
1: I, all I don't good with me.
7: To tell you, all right, <laughs> you're so among friends. No worries. They said that they said that it leaked. It leaked out of a lab. By people working with it, and that's how they got infected, and it spread like wildfire. And who are we
1: talking about, Rob? Like who who Who, media, who specifically got banned from court? Yeah, please. I'm so sorry. Go ahead.
7: There were pe- there were people on Facebook and on Twitter that, if they posted something stating that, that got taken down as fake mm-hmm. news or whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it. Who? All right.
1: So who? Who? Can you name one person that had their Facebook taken away from them because they posted something suggesting this might have been an innocent accidental lab leak? Who, who are we talking? You sound very angry about this. I'm asking who was hurt by this specifically. Give me a name.
7: Well, I, I can't I can't name them off the top. Well,
1: you of said my you had head. a good memory on this. You well, said you had a very good memory on this. Who, who specifically got canceled yes, or thrown off and of Twitter? I also,
7: and I also saw I also saw how Eric Clapton was treated when he got uh, the, the experimental vaccine, and he went on social media and he talked about his experience.
1: Right, but that's completely different from a Wuhan lab leak. That's, but that's completely different. And Eric Clapton.
4: The point being. The yeah, make your point. What do you want? So a lot of people, a lot of Never? listen,
1: I had terrible side effects when I got my second shot. My wife had terrible side effects when she got her first shot. It happens sometimes with vaccines. Clapton has been very public about his decline in his ability to play for a couple of years before this even happened. I still love Clapton. But again, you're talking about vaccines. I thought we were talking about a lab leak from Wuhan and people who got canceled and thrown off the of social media and whole kicked whole off of CNN whole for it. I'm asking whole you, whole- you seem very angry about all these people who suffered. Can you name one of them?
7: The whole way, no, I can't off the top of my head. So
1: why are you the mad? Who you way. can't even name one? What are you, what are you angry about? It's umbrage, man. They get you so angry all the time
7: that people, Joe Rogan, when he brought up the fact he used ivermectin. That got turned into a horse hey, tranquilizer.
1: But you're this changing no the subject ivermectin. again, because just, Donald, just, Donald just, hang on a second. Donald Trump said he took ivermectin and he got it anyway. It's been debunked. Medical disinformation is one thing. And yeah, we don't know everything about this disease. We haven't been told everything about this disease. Donald Trump literally lied hundreds of times. And a lot of folks aren't mad about those deliberate lies. But again, I, I, I'm not saying it didn't come from a Wuhan lab. I, I have always understand. found it ridiculous to think that the Chinese deliberately leaked it as a bioweapon, and that's what got people thrown off of Twitter because it's insane bullshit. It wasn't a bioweapon. China didn't unleash this on their own people. They weren't trying to wreck their own economy. That's ridiculous. That sort of thing. Yeah, it's unsubstantiated. And none of these claims say it's true. If anything, these claims say if it happened, it appears to have been accidental. And the other stuff you're talking about, I'm sorry, Kung flu is racist. China virus is racist. Donald Trump pushed all that shit to get people angry at China after defending the Chinese government for literally months, Donald Trump praised Xi for working so well with America and doing so much against the disease. But when people got angry at Trump for his incompetence, and let me say it again, his many lies about this, then it all became about the China virus and the Kung flu. And the entire thing was a deflection from Trump's failures. Did I lose you? Now. Rob? What?
7: No, you didn't lose me. You didn't okay. lose me. I just I'm 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 fed up with the way that media politicized this whole fucking uh, pandemic. They me made too. Anderson, uh, what's his name? They made. Andrew Cuomo out to be the gold standard.
4: That was Anderson Cooper. Uh, Rob, why are you so bitter about the it? Gold How, what is standard? What is, did you of get canceled from all of this? Yeah, exactly. You bullshit. know what? Fuck you. If you always talk over, yeah, me, you know what? Yes, yes. Yourself. Keep going. You uh-huh. cannot have yes. a
7: conversation yes. with somebody where you have uh-huh. to talk over them, Chris. Go let, him, let him fuck yourself.
1: Let him make his point. Uh, Rob, I, 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 oh, he hung up. (laughs) See, Rob, what you did is, is, is sad because I, I'm literally telling Chris to be quiet so you can make your point, but you know, you don't have a point to make. You know, Rob, that you have been groomed to hate and you call up saying how good your memory is. And you remember all the people who got canceled and thrown off a Twitter and banned by CNN, but you can't fucking name one of them, can you? And so you run away like a coward and scream obscenities at us. We didn't lie to you at all, but Donald Trump did, and that's why you hate us, Rob, because you're in a cult, and we're trying to yank you out of it. Chris, I'll, I'll, I'll give the floor to you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I asked you to I let him talk.
4: I don't feel bad for uh, interrupting him. I could tell that I'm just, <laughs> glad, I'm just glad that I got under his skin.
8: Yeah, but you I just sure did. I
4: just didn't. I just didn't understand. Uh... He was giving up already. He had no but point why, to make. Where did all the, the bitterness come from and how are all these things tied together? It's just like, you know,
1: <laughs> because we we did an interview earlier today that's going to air on Monday with the author of the book, The Science of Hate. And I think that interview will explain it quite thoroughly. I mean, it's it's tribalism. It's a pack animal mentality. Th- this guy couldn't name anyone who'd been hurt. <laughs> by this. And that's why he kept trying to change subjects and bring up Clapton and bring up Joe Rogan and bring up vaccine debates. But it's like, no one. On the, I don't know any liberals who canceled anybody when it came to a Wuhan but, leak. But the whole thing is the notion. A, we called out the racism of, of China virus and Kung flu. That's not the name of it. It's called COVID-19, 19 being the year it began. Who was president then? And and, and also we, we called out how ridiculous it is to suggest it was a bioweapon.
4: he is very upset. He is before he uh, kindly, by the way, this whole thing has been a great birthday present for me. So thank you, Rob.
1: Oh, I'm so um, glad, Chris. Thank you. Uh, I, I, I ordered him a special for you.
4: Feasting upon your conservative umbrage is really, actually, I'm very <laughs> satiated. So, um, but what I just don't understand, though, is that his his last great complaint was that he was so sick and tired of how people politicized a pandemic. And I, I can't think of any way to deal with. look we tried to deal with a pandemic without politicizing it sure but there's did. a whole segment of this country who who did not want to do things for the sake of public good and public health and they yep. still still don't and as a matter of fact that number sadly that number has grown in the last two years, the people who don't want to do things in the interest of public health. So it's like, that's it. We
1: weren't politicizing it. We were all about the public health. Masks are about the public health. It's all about harm reduction. All these fucking liberals you hate, Rob, in West Virginia are there trying to keep your mom from getting sick. And that's
4: all it's been about. And you know, do you know why Anderson Cooper didn't uh, want to talk to people about ivermectin or lab leaks or whatever on his show two years ago is because he didn't want liability for being wrong. Exactly. Like, uh, let me see, Fox News for lying about dominion and getting smacked in a billion dollar lawsuit boom like that's the only reason any of these people do anything is because they don't want to be liable that's the reason your insurance company makes you wear a, a, a glow vest at work rob <laughs> so they're not liable when you slip and fall off the construction site
1: can i get this guy to call every night because i love what he brings out in you
4: i know i'm like trust me
1: i you had a whole week of vacation away from trolls, man. You had a whole week away from the away I'm from the Flourishing. Crap. I know it's, it's beautiful.
4: like this, like it's like a Zempic for me. It's like uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm thinner. I have a thicker, fuller penis. And,
1: uh, <laughs> Love it. That's that's the imagery I didn't expect. I, I can't I can't think of a better line to lead to our commercial break than thinking about your thicker, fuller. Yeah. Keith Price. Is waiting in the wings. Uh, When we return, we'll be joined by Comedy Daddy and take your calls. And I know some of you will have some thoughts about that last caller. Rob in West Virginia, if you're still listening, kiss the children for me. I'll be home a little late tonight, honey. Uh, We'll be right back on Progress.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.
3: And the best part, you can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's TV slash poppods to get 50% off your first month.
1: I'm John saying, This is Progress. We're at 866-997-4748. We're, we've had not one but two outstanding right-wing troll callers tonight, and I welcome them. All of our right-wing friends listening, if all you Breitbart folks who accidentally hit the clicker and went up on the wrong channel, we love to hear from y'all. You're welcome at 866-997-4748. Get someone to help you dial if shiny things confuse you. Thank you for all the great content. If you're on hold, we're going to get to you very soon, but right now it is my esteemable pleasure to welcome back to the show the man who was the first openly black, openly gay, the first openly black host at SiriusXM on the late lamented morning channel morning show on the, uh, on the channel OutQ. My God. He's their comedy daddy. We love Keith Price, and you should check out his Broadway podcast, Keith Price's Curtain Call. Keith, I just realized, in Mexico, is the Who called El Quien? I don't know, but welcome back.
5: <laughs> I'm sure it's something like that, El Quien. That could work, yeah. <laughs> but you know it's so funny, though? It's like you when you bring up Roger Daltrey, and I think about the, the Who, I always wonder, um, what was it, the Tommy movie? I, I remember yeah. seeing that movie for the first time in seeing him in that and it was just ooh, he's really good yeah he's very creepy but tina turner and Mm -hmm. and was Anne margaret was in there as well right i think so
1: yeah i think so what she was
5: do you think it's all right to leave the kid with uncle ernie she's like the that's the mom wasn't she the mom or something oh well Uh
1: uh-huh yeah, no, you're right. Uh, um, I'm trying to think who's in the cast. Uh, uh, Elton John's in it, I know. Anne uh-huh. Margaret was, yeah. Oliver Reed, Tina Turner, Reed. Uh, uh, Keith Moon's in it, playing Uncle Ernie. Um, uh-huh. Nicholson's in it, I think briefly. Right, and so is so so is Clapton. I got to watch this movie again. It's been a while.
5: That's been a long time, but I remember yeah. that film. That was like you know the first time. We, what's it? Uh, Tina Turner's the Acid Queen. Baby. The
1: Acid Queen. Was- oh yeah, yeah. No, I I, so, I was always more of a Quadrophenia mm. guy. To be honest with you, I was a bigger fan of that one, but Tommy was much more popular. So I,
5: you know, for me, it was probably because it was very theatrical.
1: <laughs> yes, I was going to say, can we have classic rock chat every week, Keith? I love this. Like
5: <laughs> we well, know it's very tomorrow, rare. Right? I was like, I was seeing, watching something about disco over the weekend, and I just was like, <laughs> I, I got caught up. I got caught up in some, all this weird nostalgia of the seventies. So it's like you know oh my childhood i remember it so well
1: <laughs> yeah me too i remember disco i
5: yeah, wasn't i wasn't
1: was old enough to disco. enjoy it i wasn't old enough to enjoy disco when it was a thing but it certainly mm-hmm. seems like it was a lot of fun to be one of the enjoyers of it
5: yeah i mean but you know but it was it was so imprinted in our our upbringing for yeah. music i think it's and also for music appreciation but
2: ah. That was just
5: when you're away for a week or two in the country, you have time to do that.
1: (laughs) I always always say that disco and and punk are the two genres of music that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is just afraid to ever take seriously. So I'm completely with you. It is so good to have you back. You're back in New York City now, right?
5: I am back, sadly.
1: (laughs) You're in in a state where uh, there aren't legislators trying to ban the Democratic Party. But, you know, it's funny because we had we had a caller, Kendall, from Nebraska. Mm -hmm. He's even more charming than the guy you heard, Rob, in West Virginia. And Kendall accused (laughs) me of wanting to ban the Republican Party. And he said this literally the same week a legislator in Florida is trying to ban the Democratic Party in the state.
5: So... Now it's just confirmed how crazy the idea is in a two-party system. Correct? Yeah.
1: Like, no, that, but that's that's exactly what the Nazis did. The Nazis made the opposition party illegal. Then they mm-hmm. arrested their members in the Reichstag, and then they had the Enabling Act, and then it was a one-party state. I mean, that you know that's the playbook.
5: Isn't it crazy? And you know, and here's what I think is hilarious: is like the the this the guy in Florida saying that anyone that was attached to slavery or whatever it is. Uh had that in their history that that's what they're going to use and oh yeah this is coming from a state that doesn't want you to do critical race theory so how so how so if if slavery wasn't that big of a deal
1: what's this slavery you're talking about
5: we went to florida public school never heard tell of that (laughs) you know exactly so if you're able to rationalize you know that that shit didn't exist then how can you use that as the basis for your your moment? And it's just like it goes back to the ridiculousness of these are people that have nothing in terms of an agenda to do anything for anybody. Because as you hear, this is a shit and waste of time. It's That's an it. absolute and total waste of time. And you know, the more that it, even as press that we even engage in, it's sort of like it. It's as ludicrous as it sounds, you know. There's, you know, <laughs> the poor people at Fox. You know, those Fox people will listen and hear anything. Like this is a new grist for their mill to yeah. keep, you know, ro- rolling it back and and getting really dumb and stupid because, you know, Fox has to come up with something new because they can't rely on their old lies. <laughs>
9: Well, I, I, have to,
5: ones.
1: I have to ask you that you got to hear our caller Rob, in, in West Virginia, who's a lovely guy, by the way. Um, <laughs> I met him during the, the the last nights of disco. And, uh, uh, you know, obviously <laughs> he called really angry because people like me canceled so many people. And he, he began by saying, I've got a really good memory, uh, but he couldn't remember a single person who'd been canceled for spreading COVID disinformation. I mean, he just wanted to fight and he had nothing but the umbrage. He had nothing but the anger and the outrage because that's how they groom him these days, Keith.
5: Well, yeah, but can we also say for those people that were very vocal about their COVID outrage, they're dead.
1: Yeah, you know? a lot of them are.
5: Yeah, <laughs> A lot of them are dead. So The numbers don't lie. So, you know, you can say what you want to say. It's like, again, as I say to you, every chance I get a moment to hear those moments with... Those kinds of people. It's like you patience of job, yo. Oh no! Like it's you, it's
1: you, it's good radio. That's I'm just like it's, it's good. It's a, good
5: radio. It's,
1: it's always like, like oh, I got three numbers in the lottery. Yay! Let's have fun here. <laughs> So it feels like it's like a little win, oh a, a racist without facts is called to scream at me let's try to make this entertaining.
5: I could trade this in for a dollar and a new ticket
1: <laughs> but but again it it just goes to show the point like like you don't have to hate yeah. these folks back and you can't hate them back because that accomplishes nothing you, you have to just debate them calmly and with facts, try to ask questions and try to have witnesses there don't debate in a bag exactly. in a vacuum debate around people because you're never going to convince the cult member you will convince the bystanders simply by not being a cult that's member
5: it. That's, that's it that's it that's i mean you know and again it's sort of like as you hear when you ask them questions and you base your your commentary in fact how they unravel and become so unhinged. And it's like becoming unhinged over the most ridiculous things, showing us that the reason that you're walking around with this outrage is fake. All of these angry ass white men are walking around with this? This the world is just fucking with me because I'm a old yeah. white man. No, it's not. You're just well, white men have had men. it tough
1: in this country for a long time, Keith. I don't think <laughs> oh, you understand. Yeah. And heterosexual <laughs> white men who identify as Christian have had it tough for a really long time in this country. Okay. <laughs>
5: Yeah, and I wish sure. you could appreciate
1: the struggle, Keith, because the struggle is real. You want to talk to some of our listeners? We have a lot of
5: callers, man. You want to talk to some of Let's uh, do it. Let's uh, do it. I am it.
1: so happy to welcome Felicity, who is calling us from Idaho. Felicity, thank you for your patience on
5: hold. Welcome.
2: Oh.
8: Hi. Hi. Uh, hi, Felicity. I wanna just, hi. Nice to talk to you. Um you a, Yeah, I'm not adorable. originally from here. My dad is, but... Um, I grew up on the East Coast and in England, and but we've been out here for about 20 years now. And oh, nice! Um, you know, I, everybody's got a story. Like, oh, I think I had COVID back in November. I think I had in December of 2020 and 2019. You know, and um, my husband came down with some weird symptoms very early March of 2020. It started neurologically. Uh, he had a big seizure, ended up in the hospital, and within 24 hours, he had full-blown sore throat, fever, headache. And it turned to what they said looked somewhat like pneumonia. And 12 hours after I had the pneumonia conversation with his hospitalist, he died of acute respiratory distress. And I'd asked for a COVID test, and I was told that it wasn't in our area, so a test wasn't necessary. And I said, well, how would you know if you're not testing? And this is uh, March 8th that he passed away. And I pushed, and I got a lot of pushback trying to get more yeah. and more information about why they weren't testing. He was scheduled for an autopsy, and then it was canceled. And I could never oh, understand God. why the coroner's oh. office preempted my reaching out to the media with a press release about my husband's death. Said it was natural causes. When
1: Reviewing was this? W- when did you this lose was, him, Felicity? Oh. It was March of 2020,
8: March, did you say? March 8th of 2020, Eight.
1: yeah. Oh, my God. And, That's uh, before the lockdown I'm even so, happened. He was one of the I, first.
8: Uh, I'm I can so believe sorry. so. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's the anniversary that's coming up. We just had our, our, our his anniversary of his passing is coming up and we just had our, our wedding anniversary was one earlier in February, but, um, I'm so sorry, you know, thank you. But one of the things that I think is really important that people need to understand is that a lot of people slipped through. It was here earlier yeah. and a lot oh, of yeah. people slipped through and, and there were a lot of pneumonia deaths That's right,
1: and influenza deaths as well, and they were misdiagnosed, there was no testing, and they just wrote down pneumonia or influenza on the death certificate.
8: Mm Mm-hmm, yeah, and Howard had opacities, Um, so one of the symptoms in imaging that are visible is the opacities on the lungs, because COVID moves everything down because of gravity, right? Uh He had opacities on his brain as well, and that's Uh, the clotting issues with regard to COVID, so that's why I strongly believe he had COVID. I think that they did it. They worked hard to keep like uh, Trump said once that he was trying to not freak people out or trying to, you know, yep. his excuse for lying. But February 7th, He wanted to keep
1: the numbers 20%. low. He wanted to keep the numbers. No- Trump kept saying, oh, if yeah. you have more testing, you have more cases. And it's like, no, yeah. if you, you have as many cases as you yeah. have, if you have more testing, you have more diagnoses and you have more Thank knowledge. You. Yeah.
8: It used to... Drive me nuts! How no one would push back at that. Like nobody really pushed back at him and at we, all. We did. Especially we did. We we were. Useless. I know. <laughs> we did
1: it every night. <laughs> but but Felicity, how do you how do you how does it make you feel when you hear a guy like our friend Rob in West Virginia, who I'm sure is a very fine man in many respects, but he's completely drunk the Kool Aid and he's not allowed to be upset at Donald Trump's lies. He's programmed to be angry at everything. But
8: you know, I tried to get come to terms with that here because in our community, I don't know if you heard, we had mask burning. Um, yeah, when I started yeah. wearing a mask right after his death because our youngest son has a congenital heart defect.
2: Exactly I just, right.
8: I got laughed at. I got smirked at. Yeah. Some girl yeah. around the corner, I'll never be afraid of no dumb virus. And yeah. the first time, boy,
1: how pro-life that is team, that? How pro-life are they, huh? Boy, what pro-life that, patriots to scorn so, you for caring about the health of immunocompromised people.
8: It, wow. It drives me nuts. And I think about these people and I wonder when did they choose willful ignorance you know at what point do you choose to be willfully ignorant
5: you better work girls you just ooh, you I, love I love this woman i love this woman honey that's the question that is a yeah. million dollar question I mean, and, and did at they an age where you have everything available to you in terms of information, in terms of actual people dying next to you, around you? Yeah. Like you have all of that in front of you, and yet you still choose to not believe it. Or but you they were
1: kind of given permission, weren't they, Keith? I mean, Donald Donald Trump oh. is a guy who gave people permission to be willfully ignorant. And suddenly oh, exactly. the most dumb, racist parts of the comment section have come to life and are running for office now.
5: Exactly. Oh. Exactly. ironically
8: i got a letter today from idaho democrats asking me to run for office because i I think you should
1: <laughs> i think you should your story uh-huh. your story i mean there, it's popular for pro science people in idaho who care about other americans and the less fortunate there's there's good people in your state i wish you would run
8: Yeah. Uh, uh, well <laughs> I, I when i saw i sat asking myself what i could offer and you know would it what would i run for and um when I look at some of the people that Democrats have put up here and the people right. that have run, Republicans that have run unopposed, yeah. I'm thinking, well, it wouldn't hurt to try, you know, for Felicity. anything. Lane Chow, you know, besides yeah. being in bed with literally the leader, the Republican you know. leader, apart from that, what were her
2: qualifications?
1: Yeah. Felicity, exactly. it is a... It, it's a real honor to have you calling our show and sharing your story. Your husband was mm. and is a very lucky man to have shared a life with you, and I, I hope you'll call more often. I'm, I'm, I'm deeply inspired yes. by how wonderful you well, are.
8: Well, thank you, guys. Thanks for taking my call. I really appreciate it. It was nice
5: speaking with you. And thank you. Listening.
1: Don't be a stranger. See, We have nice people, too.
5: Oh wow, what a beautiful thing, but it's like, you know, I, just hearing that and then thinking about I uh, was a tweet today or yesterday from um Ted Cruz <laughs> going after Fauci Damn. and saying and saying that he's responsible for the the mistrust of doctors and 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 researchers and my thing is is like no you piece of trash you and your co-conspirators are the reason why we have people that doubt science and doubt the work that scientists do that's you are the idiots that are doing that it is not people like dr fauci it's like you know i kept thinking it's like your ass was like one of the first ones knocking people out of the way to get the goddamn vaccine you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Oh, Making yeah. sure all your friends.
1: Rupert it. Murdoch got his vaccine before the Queen of England got hers and he paid okay. these anti-science shills to scare people about it. You're completely right, Keith.
5: It's like, you know, so I, it, it's like so to hear that story is so heartbreaking because, again, at the time when you're talking about this, remember, was it Woodward who wrote his book Yes, and and he had done the interview where like that it was like a month before he had had always
1: talk about it. Yeah,
5: where he knew about what was going on. Donald Trump knew exactly. He said it was was
1: airborne. He said it was deadly, and that's the same week he came out and told everyone to go to church and fill the pews for Easter Sunday because it was in April of 2020 that they announced that African Americans were the group that was hardest hit by COVID. And as yep. soon as they learned it was killing off Black people the most, it became Reopen America for these right wingers. Mm-hmm. And we kept the receipts.
5: You know, and again, so th- here we are. And and, we are. and to hear, and, and to still see, like I said, that's fight for me where Woodward loses all of his credibility with me in yeah. that it's because he chose to not say no 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 i
1: gotta defend what with- i gotta defend woodward he here just, he was on he he was on the show he released that clip at the time he released that clip over a year before his audio book came out
5: he did but again then is the media's fault for not picking it up and it's like I, again no,
1: the media the media picked it up the media picked it up we've known for a couple of years for over a year before woodward's book came out we know that trump was saying this to woodward while he was saying this to someone else and the media did dick about it because trump's good for ratings
5: well again here we Again, here we are. It's here we like, are. <laughs> Let me go to uh,
1: Tim Tim in
9: Chicago. Hello, Tim. Long time no talk. You're on with Keith Price. Hey, John. Good to be talking to you again. Uh, Mr. Hello. Price, so glad Hi. to uh, make your acquaintance. Always enjoy oh. your commentary. And uh, oh. Chris, happy belated birthday. Uh, may your erections be thick and spontaneous.
5: Oh, hey now. <laughs> <And> thick, broken <laughs> braids
9: and urine. that's that's the kind of thing you should say for all men (laughs) (laughs) well chris made it especially uh poignant point so i figure he you know he deserved that special attention tonight (laughs) um so yeah here's one thing i don't understand when it comes to the right wing and this the wuhan lab leak uh what does that change i mean you're you're back and forth with our good friend rob um it reminded me of uh, Jamie, our good friend Jamie Raskin's exchange with uh, Lauren Boebert uh, uh, not too wow. long ago in the Senate, Thank where you. he made the same point and said, yeah, OK, maybe the Wuhan lab, that's true or not. But it doesn't change the fact that Donald Trump's incompetence, as yeah, confirmed but, by Dr. Birx, uh, yeah, was responsible for hundreds of thousands of American deaths. Exactly. It doesn't change the fact that Trump denied it, as you said, he knew he lied, just tried to try to market his way out of it like he does all the horrible things he gets into his life He just.
1: but you're answering your own question Tim you're answering your own question all of this Fauci hate and all of this China virus you know Trump gets us talking about his racism so we don't talk about his lethal incompetence and this guy who called before is another guy who Tucker Carlson chews up these ideas and feeds them to him like a baby bird and then he vomits it out here and hasn't really thought through what he's actually saying you can't claim to hate Dr. Fauci because he lied when he first said you won't need masks and then he said you should need masks. Donald Trump told hundreds of lies and they they can't admit it. They can't face it. They can't call him out for it. They can't be angry at Trump for lying to their loved ones during a plague because they're in a cult. They're in a cult and they are beyond reason and that's why we have to make fun of how silly they are.
9: Exactly. Well, speaking of uh, silly callers, uh, you're exchange a couple weeks ago on uh, gun safety and or gun common sense gun reform uh it might have been kendall for all i recall but uh he you know he made or he made that common and misguided uh claim the strawman argument that oh well the the left wants to the democrats want to come and take your guns and yeah. you uh appropriately yeah. said okay name them, and he said a o'rourke which is kind of like eye roll slash sigh Better work is at best a has been at worst a nobody politically speaking. I mean Here's better
1: work better work called for confiscating a- ak K forty AR 15s but better o' work is an unemployed Democrat. Tell me someone in exactly. office who's called for exactly. it because but I can tell you who you know who you know the only the only presidential candidate of both parties in twenty sixteen who called for confiscating guns? Donald fucking Trump. When he yeah, said we know, should he, do I stop and frisk nationwide.
9: That, he just said in, in two thousand eighteen, not long after the Parkland yeah. uh incident, he said and i quote take the guns first go through due process second that's yeah. it. he said it he said, <laughs> he said it <laughs> verbatim they don't care they don't care
1: they don't that's mind facts. the apocryph. it's owning the libs that's all that- did you own a lib it, we, we don't care how corrupt you were or how unchristian you were or how much you stole or like did you own a lib then then you can come into my tribe you can sleep in my cave
9: well, call me up <laughs> what it is just say you guys hate americans you do. Your point is to hate Americans that don't look like you or and or yeah. think like you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't care if Americans are dying No, nope. if they don't look or they like they you. they love
1: America. They love America <laughs> not fans of America. They they love Americans. Americans no one hates Americans more than an american who keeps bragging about how american he is you ever notice that the more fucking flags you have on your twitter the more you fucking hate american people
9: exactly um so uh i do speaking of uh the whole gun violence issue i do want to offer a slight asterisk to you john i know you've claimed that females do not go on mass school shootings that's not entirely. Well,
1: well, problems. no, I, I didn't say they don't do them, but I said it's overwhelmingly way more than 95 percent right. men. I just say I have no problem with women having AR-15s that they as a gender approved proven right. they can be trusted with that. <laughs> but men? No. Y chromosome? No gun.
9: Yeah. <laughs> right. No, no. In 1988, and I know this because she shot one of my friends and AYSO oh, teammates. Uh, I'm mid-war. so sorry. So, well, I don't mean to be—I uh, I
1: certainly don't mean to be glib about that. I'm just saying that know, I think—I think, I I think statistically you know, you we've know, shown that. But this
9: Lori Dan was uh, yet another classic case. Had mental issues, up the yin yang. The police knew about it. The police begged her to to give up her guns. She said no. They had no right to take them. And look what happened. I mean, it was. Yeah. It, it was uh the biggest deal until columbine happened 10 years later and, that's right uh, and, and we've just been and, on that.
1: and today the entire yeah. republican party is fighting for mentally ill people to have easy access to ar-15s
9: so they want to make it the the, the country's uh federal or what's it the the, country's the national, national gun, gun. Um, yeah uh, yeah like, uh, well when it comes uh, to mass last,
1: killings it already is it's earned the title
9: yeah one life asterisk um that I want to discuss uh, somewhat on the lighter side, and that has to do okay. with uh, your guest the other day for uh, uh, Natalia Regan, who I yes. think her commentary is always fascinating. I, it's just amazing to the how she gets into the history. I agree. Of, uh, all of our, you know, what's in our vernacular. Keith, you know really? Natalia Reagan. You know you know yeah. Natalia. Well, she uh-huh.
1: does a segment, she does a Tuesday nights her segment shit you can't say where she talks about common expressions and then goes into their deep racist history. Last night she taught us how <laughs> grandfathered in, that comes from not letting black folks vote in the 1870s like yeah, they, it. it's it's amazing how all these these uh these these casual idioms that we're used to, but go ahead, Tim.
9: Yeah, so I would have to offer a little bit of a pushback on one thing she's identified. She, she mentioned it uh, last time when she was on, but she did the full segment on it uh, earlier uh, this year where uh, and the term was circle the wagons. And I understand, yeah. you know, the way she explained it, that, that harkened back to you know the frontier times, the Oregon Trail of, you know, white settlers going west and encroaching on Native American land yeah. and being yeah. popular. Uh, these covered wagon trains being popular targets for, uh, you know, uh, war parties to attack. Yeah. And so you would quote-unquote circle the wagons to form a defensive posture. Uh, however, that's kind of a American-centric way of looking at it because circling the wagons has been a defensive tactic by uh, armies since you know supply wagons were around. I would have to think. I mean, a very uh, some well-documented uh, instances of yeah. this happening it happened during the Roman Republic, where. Uh, invading german tribe was pushed back by the roman legions into their supply chain and they h- used the supply wagons to circle up and form a, a new defensive line and another right. time that happened was uh you know in terms of when it was documented it was when the mongols were invading europe and they pushed the hungarian army back into their supply chain so they circled the wagons to form a new defensive line so i'm with you that, that term is wholly you know American, I I don't think is quite accurate, but
1: I understand. Well, well I mean, the, the, a wagon fort, a wagon fort, or a wagon fortress, or a wagon corral—those are the kind of military terminology you're talking about. But but circle the wagons. Yeah. It, the etymology of the term is to the pioneers traveling west by by wagon, the Conestoga wagons of the of the 1800s, because they were well, they were in a I, single file, the I, wagon I train.
9: I understand the case for it, um, yeah. and, but I, I just, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of history. Like she is. So I, I like to provide context, Me too. but I like debates I like, like this. To, yeah. I know. I would like to close on an anecdote uh, where I was in a conference call <laughs> real quick. And, Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was in a conference call and I used a term uh, off the reservation and conference call ended and I got a call from one of my directors and she said, Oh, by the way, I don't think you should use that term. And I said, why? And she said, well, I have a Native American friend and that term is not looked at kindly upon because they've found the reservations to be, you know, like concentration camps. And I said, well, you know what? Thank you so much for being proactive enough to tell me, say, hey, this is going to serve you well going forward. It wasn't confrontational. It wasn't accusatory. It was just basically, hey, FYI. And, you know, and I'm going to use my rare privilege of knowing a Native American and knowing this knowledge to help spread education. So, See, I think that's something that we could all take a lesson.
1: I, that's um, that's so. about it's all about sensitivity. And it's good that she didn't try exactly. to get a scalp. She didn't try to get a scalp. Uh, oh, there shit. Go, I did. Ah, sorry, Natalia.
9: So it's a pleasure talking to you. Call, I'll thank call you, soon.
1: Tim. Thank you, Keith. What's going on with you in the podcast? What's going on in your busy life?
5: My, well, I, I just want to say one thing that please, I think, <laughs> you know, as as, the, you know, listening to your uh, friend just go down the history of where the concept of of circling the wagons might have come from. And you go back as far as he did. It's like, you know, the mongrels going after the Hungarians who, Mm -hmm. I guess, in that situation, more people of color going after the white folks. So they got to protect themselves in a circle. And so Mm -hmm. they drag that into the next generation. And when they got on the boat and came and brought it over, somebody, you know, again, to me, it just shows historically. (laughs) That that whole concept, that whole thing comes from the same place. Like, it's like, totally you agree. know, it was like, it was like oh, the, the darkies are coming for me again. You know, that's <laughs> what it is. This I know, which, I know, this is exactly I know, what and it's, like,
1: you know, and I mean, again, we're not saying we're not saying feel bad for using this expression. We're saying, hey, no. if you look at the history of the term. It's a little bit icky and it's nice to be aware of that. And, you know, it's just a little little language correction you can do. And as a liberal, you can make someone else feel guilt about it someday. And what, <laughs> what do Americans love more than playing the moral superior? Something liberals and conservatives have in common is uh, the I'm better than you, Gene. Um, let me go to Yasha in Oregon. Yasha, hello. You're on with Keith. Ooh. I love that name. Hello, right? Yasha.
2: hello, darling. Oh, hello, I Yasha. Hello, Keith. Hello, hello. hello. Yes, you're so right about the language. Yes. <laughs> um, but you know what? I bet, I bet, circling was a defensive tactic. It was all colors, breeds, um, whatever.
1: Yeah, but in, in terms of like the American etymology of circling the wagons, it, yeah. it pretty much means pioneers and. You yeah. know, yeah. So protect yeah. themselves from
5: the, from the donkeys that are chasing let's, us.
1: Let's protect ourselves from the people who are here first. We've got to protect ourselves from the people whose land we're taking by force.
2: We have to ethnically <laughs> cleanse these people,
1: or they'll hurt us somehow.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, I have Native American heritage as well, so you know. But you know, come on, we can be terminally hip.
1: Yes. Well, what did you think of our friend Rob in West Virginia, Yasha?
2: Poor guy. I'm so glad I don't have to live in his head. Kendall, also. (laughs) You know, that just... (laughs) I don't know. You better work, Yasha. You know, work, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know we're, we're still a slave economy. We depended on the people in yeah, Asia, right? In China. Yeah, we,
1: we in didn't America. end slavery. We outsourced yeah. it.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. And woke, I I said this before to you, John, I think woke means like um, we're grown up. <gasps> What a concept. How scary yeah. is that?
1: <laughs> it means that we care, and we're growing, and we want oh, to care, God. and we want to grow. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> that, Yasha, you're girl. ten kinds of wonderful. So
2: so I live in this place that's absolutely nuts. I, I call it Planet Imnaha. I'm in the center of, like, the reddest part of the red. and so. But the thing is, they're all on Social Security. Yeah, They are all on SNAP benefits. Oh, yeah. All dependent on the programs. I mean, really seriously. Medicaid.
1: Yeah. I got my socialism. I don't want anyone else getting theirs. Uh,
2: exactly. Yeah, but, and they're all Trump humpers. And they're just like, oh, my yep. God, you guys, wake yeah. up. But no. No, they don't no. can't be woke. Oops, sorry. I didn't say no. that. No. That's why
1: I? I always ask him what's the opposite of woke? Always ask him that question.
2: <laughs> Yasha,
1: you are I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's good to hear your voice, and I hope you're well. This is SiriusXM. I'm John Fugle saying, peace.